0: Good morning. This is State of the Arts NYC, and this is your host, Savannah bailey McLean. And this morning, we have with us a very special guest. All of our guests are special. Mm-hmm. We have Delphine Celeste Alvarez, yeah. who is the director of the French um, Animation Film Festival. And we're going to talk about the dynamics of French animation Uh, not just globally, but also here in New York. So I just want to thank Delphine for joining us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So one of the things that I wanted our guests to understand is that the French are number one in the world when it comes to creating animation, shorts, and feature-length films. Yet a lot of Americans are not aware of uh, the French films that you will be presenting starting Mm -hmm. this weekend. And we're not aware of all the different details because even though you're number one, your operations is like a boutique sort of um, operation and, and it's very nuanced, it's very curated. And um, I think it's important for us to understand why this is important, uh, not just in your country, but around the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the films that you are going to be focusing on and why? Mm -hmm. Well, it's true that France produces
1: a lot of animated films, uh, both features as well as shorts and a lot of programs for televisions and now for the Internet. And it's also true, as you said, that few of those programs make it to the U.S. I would say that the U.S. Uh, welcomes and releases about maybe a handful, maybe one or two each year of mm-hmm. animated features. Uh, mostly films that are targets families and you know, younger audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, there's actually an incredibly rich amount of films uh, for adults especially I think in the sector of short films Okay. Uh, which is a bit of a I, and I think that's true also in the US a bit of a great place for animators and directors to experiment and try new things and a new approach to filmmaking uh, that would be harder to do uh, with a feature film and the goal of this uh, festival animation first is really to show the wealth of animation in France in all these different uh, genres, uh, features, and shorts. We have a lot of shorts program this year that are especially uh, made for adults. Uh, So that's pretty exciting to be able to bring to New York audiences all these films that they would never know about. And they're really kind of exciting and range from comedies to dramas to sci-fi and horror films. So we cover, I don't think we, I could say we cover it all, but we cover a lot of different uh, types of animated films. We also have a lot of pro- lot of program for young audiences.
0: And see, that's interesting. See, in the United States, when one thinks of animation, you only think of children. Mm-hmm. You don't think of adults enjoying animation, which is kind of weird. Because if you saw animation as a child you're going to naturally want to see animation as an adult. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't leave you. So I think it's interesting how in this country we only focus on animation for children but not for adults. Mm -hmm. And in your country, it goes across the spectrum, children, adults, families. You even (coughs) have um, exotic films. um, You have erotic films. You have different types to deal with varying tastes. So Mm -hmm. I just find this very encouraging to know that this sort of um, genre can be appreciated across different, you know, age, Mm -hmm. you know, groups. Mm -hmm. It seems like in the U.S. it's
1: it's very divided between the big studios Mm -hmm. (coughs) who do put out big films and, as you said earlier, will try to appeal to a mass audience and go to and and reach out to audiences so the films are very formatted for this type of audience and yet in the U.S. you also have an independent animation industry but it's much smaller and it's even probably harder for them to find their public yes in France the big difference is um, I would say is that you also have a a government that helps the production of
0: films now that's a difference but isn't that across Europe in general that in Europe most countries support the arts, where Mm -hmm. in the United States, we do not get that same level of support. Uh, I think it takes place differently
1: in many different countries. I think some countries have been better at others in supporting Uh their artists. France has a a very rich tradition of doing that, (coughs) and uh, especially in the film industry, which has been so so important and uh, so vibrant. And it started, actually, as a way to counteract a little bit American productions who came to France. Really? Uh, During the war and after World War II with the the Marshall Plan, I think Mm -hmm. it's called. And there was a sense in France that you really needed to help uh, French filmmakers and the industry so that you would actually have a production of French films and not just be... Uh, Invaded, overwhelmed. overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably better than invaded by U.S. production. So there is a a sense that a strong sense that you need to help out artists, and that happens with subsidies from the government. But it's also uh, the film industry as a whole will
0: put back the money into production. Also, didn't film really begin in France <laughs> in like 1907, 1908? It's,
1: uh, it started well. That also is a contentious history. Uh, yes, it would be the Lumiere brothers, but mm-hmm. uh, Edison also developed in New York in the U.S. Mm-hmm. his own uh, filmmaking, uh, his his own cameras as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. No, because see, this is the education that people need in order to understand, and it's really about opening people's minds to different narratives Mm -hmm. it is not to necessarily tear down one particular narrative to say one is better another one is better I should say but to expand that Mm -hmm. because if you expand it and you look at it over a historical timeline you can see where you can be more inclusive Mm -hmm. of different people and attitudes and perspective and you know so I did some research really about the industry as opposed to the festival because just stating who Mm -hmm. they are would be meaningless if we don't understand why people should go and I think your festival is trying to encourage you know broader audiences to understand the Mm -hmm. importance particularly now that virtual reality and augmented reality is exploding Mm -hmm. and it's giving it's not animation but it does give that sort of feel Mm -hmm. and so I think That's why um, I wanted to focus on the industry. Industry. Now, you do have one particular honoree, Michelle Ocelot. Ocelot, I'm pronouncing it Americanized, (laughs) but uh, Ocelot, who has been um, a very important filmmaker in your country. He is now the guest of honor Mm -hmm. for your opening night. And tell us the film that he is going to have presented uh, is Michel Oslo is actually a, a great example to talk
1: about the support of the industry because th- generally it's true that France has supported animation and cinema in general, uh, but that has not always been easy, hmm. especially for artists. And Michel Oslo started his career doing a lot of short films. He studied art uh, in art school in France. He also studied at Cal Arts mm-hmm. and went back to France and worked for television. Television at the time really was an important place for animations uh, uh, through series and short films uh, based on uh, comic books and different characters that were developed and suggested by TV stations. So there was a booming market. And Michel Oslo did that for many years. He did very uh, series that did very well, CDC, One Around a Little Duck, and it was, w- <laughs> and I think he enjoyed it, but it was getting kind of hard to do something else. I mean, it okay. was a, still a, a formatted environment, uh, mostly also for young audience. And his producer "So you know what? You should try try to do feature films." Mm-hmm. And he worked pretty quickly on proposing to do Kirikou and the Sorceress, which is the story, and that's the opening film of okay. the festival. It's yes. twenty years, so we're celebrating the twentieth anniversary, and it's a story of a little African boy who uh, has only one power. He runs very fast. He's <laughs> a very smart kid. And he um, helps his village get rid of the sorceress. Not get rid of her, but get to her and transform her. I don't want to give you the end. But it's really a beautiful film. And he worked on it very quickly. And he himself uh, grew up in um, in Guinea. So he... Oh. Um, for him, that's a familiar environment. Yeah, Guinea-West Africa. Guinea-West Africa, and he drew on that knowledge and growing <laughs> up there, and he made that film, and that was actually not an easy task to get funding for it, uh, in part because it was a little African boy, uh, and he was naked, and all the women were topless, and so he got a lot of pushback mm-hmm. um, and on, on that aspect of things, but also because his, his the drawings were really beautiful and unique but also very simple Mm. and the industry was so used to uh, the american format of distortions you know of characters that are distorted and transformed and exaggerated and for him it was important to just stay simple so he had a pushback, but he was able to make his film, which was released in France in '98, exact same times as Moulin and The Prince of Egypt. So it was oh. two big American films. No yeah. one really cared about Kirikou. Uh, but it turns out that over a million people went to see it. So it was a w- an incredible success, a word of mouth success. Yeah. And that actually really transformed the industry for animated films in on the big screen. Because suddenly... People in the industry realized that there was an opening and films like that that no one believed in actually really do
0: great o- drew a great audience in and people really loved it. A lot of that happens in um, the film industry. They they come up with these formulas, and they think they know from whatever studies they put together mm-hmm. that they know exactly mm-hmm. what people will like. But oftentimes, yeah. I find in art, you never fully know what people right. would like from what right. they don't like. Right. So that's that's good to they hear. Under I
1: mean, underestimating the public. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's true in the U.S. It's true in France sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, where they think they can have big comedies that will appeal to everyone and it's just not necessarily the case people Mm -hmm. i think audiences are much smarter than we want
0: them to think or Mm -hmm. the industry wants them to think Mm -hmm. you're not giving them a chance to grow it's not even about being smart or not. it's about giving people a Mm -hmm. chance to know so if you're living your ordinary life and and you have this routine you know that you're constantly engaged in and you see something different that breaks from that routine that allows you to imagine you might just gravitate towards it, right. and I think that is the power of art and cinema Absolutely. to allow you to expand your everyday existence. Absolutely, that's well
1: said. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, because it's—I think it's true. We kind of we want to dummy down people mm-hmm. to make them predictable, and they're fighting and resisting that. Right. They want to be, you know, more right. than that. Right. And so you also—I um, found this interesting. You have a partnership with the city of Bordeaux, mm-hmm. and how did that all happen? It'll happen uh, because Border is becoming a
1: burgeoning city for animations and new technologies. Mm. Uh, they have new animation studios that have moved there. Ubisoft just opened a studio. That's one of the major, most important um, producer of video games. And they also have a, a lot of uh, smaller studios for video games. and and animation studios that actually put out short films and feature films as well. So it's a burgeoning city and they're really interesting in making sure that people outside of France know (laughs) about it and bringing in new partners in the city and new projects as well. So it's a a great partner for that to be able to showcase the video game, uh, especially in some of the animated films.
0: Hmm. Because uh, one of the things uh, that also caught my attention uh, and that was, for a while, a lot of French studios went to Japan and mm-hmm. China mm-hmm. for a while, but now they're returning. Right. And mm-hmm. is that one of the reasons why they're returning?
1: They're returning. They So a lot of animated films are still conceived and produced in France mm-hmm. or in partnership with other countries, but a lot of the time the actual making of the film happens in other countries. Ah. So you mentioned... Uh, Japan, it's true also for North Korea. A lot of uh, series were made there in the North, 90s Korea? North Korea as well. Huh. Uh, interestingly, yeah. Uh, there's a really great graphic novel, and I wish I remembered the name by Gilles Delisle, that talks about going to North Korea to supervise an animated film. And also throughout Europe and Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but France has understood that it's also important to have. Uh, the technicians and the animators in France. So there's more and more studios uh, developing in Bordeaux and Angoulême and throughout France where you have people actually uh, being able, have the knowledge of making an animated film as opposed to just sending
0: the work uh, in other countries. I mean, I just want to dovetail for a minute. So... (laughs) You caught me by surprise when you said North Korea. (laughs) So basically, no, because it's also a very poor country. Yes, yeah. Extremely Mm -hmm. poor. So therefore, I'm wondering what we just discussed earlier, is that the possibility that one of the reasons they're interested in animation because it's a way for them to expand their Mm. everyday life, and this offers not just job opportunities, but it offers them a way to kind of broaden Uh, their everyday Mm. existence Mm. where they could tolerate some of the no seriously I'm being serious you know tolerate some of the restrictions because it's a very restricted culture as well it's not just poor Mm -hmm. very restricted so is that one of the possibilities I don't want to speak for anyone there but it makes sense and you know it was a complete surprise Mm -hmm. i didn't expect you to say that uh
1: my understanding is that the films are not shown there they're really i think they 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 do the work and i I believe they're very good technicians and also for um financial reasons they're also much cheaper okay but i'm not sure the films are released there and the process i am thinking about that book and i wish i remember the name but the process is that the (coughs) the They uh, out- outsource the work in North Korea, but they, 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 and they can go supervised, but they're very limited in the contact they can have with North Korean. Mm. So they really just go to the studios um, and work with them and do the corrections and give them directions. But that's about how much interactions
0: they have, and I don't believe any of the films are released there unfortunately. That is yeah. unfortunate because yeah. I think it would make a difference mm-hmm. for that country and maybe um, allow others to be sympathetic to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. All right so now yeah. let's talk about the women. You have 16 emerging uh, filmmakers mm-hmm. that are also participating. Uh, did the Me Too movement <laughs> impact uh, France?
1: Well there's definitely an awareness of the Me Too movement. I think it's uh the reason is more like there's a lot of young women interested in animation and coming out of animation school, mm-hmm. and very talented women. I had the pleasure of meet of meeting several uh, in Montreal not, not long ago. Uh, women were just have really interesting viewpoints and imaginations and a creative universe that really gonna, are going to make are making very beautiful films, and that really matter. Uh, they're in their 20s and 30s. There are a couple of also older women um, making their first feature as well, ah. which is, I believe, unprecedented because it's uh, still a male-dominated world. Mm-hmm. But it's really exciting to have so many of them represented in the festival, for sure. Well, that's good. Do you want to uh, name one or two? I will name Etrente mm-hmm. by Justine Velisque, which is nominated for César Award. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and. She made this film that was shown in ANSI and in many different festivals, and it's a really beautiful black and white film that she made on a very rare instrument called a pin screen, which yes, we will Yes, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. Tell yeah. me about the pin screen. Uh, so, she's, I, I, just, and so she took over this instrument and learned how to use it, and mm-hmm. that's the first film that has come out from this new generation of filmmakers mm-hmm. the pin screen Instrument is a very unique uh, instrument that was created in the 30s by a couple Alexandre Alexiev who is mm-hmm. a Russian born artist okay. and his wife Claire Parker who is American and they created these instruments because he was um, he did etching and prints and he, he wanted to animate them and couldn't quite work with what was available in animation so he mm-hmm. created this screen uh, it's I'm going to try to give you a good in, uh, description so you can somewhat <laughs> visualize <laughs> it but it's a big screen with thousands of holes and there are pins in each one of those holes and when you have a, s- a light o- a source of light on one side and you push and pull the screen it creates sh- shadows oh. and so out of that you can make beautiful tableau and and uh, it's basically looks like a painting so you have and then you use uh, traditional stop motion so you take a picture mm. of that screen which is uh, black and white and shadows and then you move the screens again and you take a picture and then that's how you create animation through stop-motion wow. wow and it's uh, yeah it's a unique instrument they built several one of them uh, ended up in Canada at the office national du film the national uh, film born of Canada uh, that was brought there by one artist Jacques Droit and now we have a wonderful artist Michel Lemieux was working on that instrument and she's coming to New York to the festival. Ooh. And then in France, they restored an o- another instrument and they're training a new generation. So it's a, it's a small family. It's an interesting lineage of people. And we're also going to be welcoming the grandson of Alexiev with uh, Alexander Rockwell. He's an um, independent American filmmaker. He did In the Soup
0: with okay. Buscemi. People okay. maybe
1: remember that film. So that's the spin screen, and Justine did a really a wonderful film, and it's interesting to see because it's circulated all over the
0: world, and so we're very happy to have it with us over the weekend. Right, this is fantastic. Now, I did want to also um, mention the fact that your organization was able to reach out to Times Square Alliance, Mm -hmm. and you were able to... Uh, participate in Times Square Arts' Midnight Moment. Mm-hmm. And so you have featured uh, the artist Virgin Keaton. Mm-hmm. And so when does that begin? February 1st? It's actually started on January 1st. Oh, so it already it's on, started. It's yeah, already,
1: And it's on view uh, until next week, until f-
0: uh, January 31st. Right, because it's for a full month. It's a full month, And yeah. people need to understand the Midnight Moment is a program that the Times Square Alliance was able to get every billboard owner to agree to give a minute so therefore art can be shown. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big deal because we've also had Sia Wolford uh, Mm -hmm. on our show. And I know Sia, I was an admirer of hers for years and I was there the first night it kicked off and I got to meet her family. And uh, it's it's amazing how all the billboards light up, so you can still experience that before the end of January thirty first. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm highly recommending that it's really a big deal to just sit there or stand there and watch all the billboards slowly turn <laughs> into this, you know, canvas of art. Absolutely. But that's a yeah. big deal. Now tell me briefly about Miss Keaton and her work.
1: She's also a young filmmaker. It's the this. Particular film is her first film. She's only do, did another one, and she straddled the world of filmmaking and visual arts. And that film is really quite beautiful because she used uh, she used all engravings from the 19th century hunting scenes mm. with uh, deers and uh, dogs, and so you have that beautiful um, quality of drawings that she animated, and she redid a lot of the drawings out of those en- old engravings. And it's a really completely strange universe, and to see that actually in Times Square is quite something. Because suddenly you have all these deers popping up, (laughs) black and white, running uh, with rain, and 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 things shift around. Something happens in the film, and the deers are running after the dogs, and it's absolutely mesmerizing. And it's a little bit uh, there's a little bit of a scary element to it, but really beautiful. And everybody was is I've. Witness watching this in Times Square was really taken by the work because, as you said,
0: it's incredible to see this on a big screen, on several, many, yes, many billboards, many screens. Well. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for joining us today. I had a lovely chat with you. Now tell us the details of when the festival begins Mm -hmm. and the website so people can get details Mm -hmm. on the website. Uh,
1: The festival kicks off on Friday Mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. with Kiriku and the Sorceress and throughout Saturday and Sunday. And the
0: uh, website is fiaf.org, f-i-a-f.org. Okay, well, thank you so much, uh, Delphine. Thank you. And it was great to talk with you, and congratulations on your second (laughs) edition of the French Animation Film Festival, Animation First.
1: First. Thank you so much, Sabine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.